Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Adrian Wojnarowski reports 76ers guard James Harden opts in to his contract for next season. What it means is that James Harden has likely played his last game in Philadelphia less than two years after forcing his way to the Sixers in a trade from Brooklyn. So he's bypassing free agency and he's going to try to force a trade. And few people in NBA history have more experience in forcing trades than James Harden. So here we go. Wendy only speaks facts. If James Harden is traded from the Philadelphia 76ers, he will be onto his fourth team since 2021 after forcing his way out of Houston to go to Brooklyn, to go to Philly, to go to team to be named at a later date. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein with you on this Monday evening as always presented by Progressive Insurance. So while we're on Damian Lillard watch, and who knows how long this saga between the Blazers, the Miami Heat, Damian Lillard, maybe some other teams getting in the mix, who knows how long that's going to last. On the other side of the country, we're waiting to see if Philadelphia ends up doing anything with James Harden if they grant this trade request after he opted into his $35.6 million player option, or if they go the route of... What happened with Kevin Durant last year? Sure, Mike, anybody can request to be traded, but if they can't find the right trade partner, Philly has no guarantees paid to James Harden that they're going to trade him. If they can't find the right trade package, they end up keeping him. Might not be the best situation for somebody who is known to become disgruntled if he doesn't get his way, but that is an option. It is an option, but I want to go back to something you said before, Courtney, which is this. If James Harden does get moved, that means it's four teams in four years for James Harden. You want to know what that's called in every other sport everywhere? Journeyman. It's called journeyman. And that's really what James Harden has kind of put himself into and becoming. Now, he's an incredibly talented journeyman. He's a, you know, former MVP journeyman. But when you keep moving around, that's not a good sign. And it's not like he's moving around because he's trying to be a mercenary to pick off titles because that clearly hasn't worked out. So it's really, he is a journeyman. Him and Kyrie, man, they're just going to hang out and be journeymen together, I guess. Although Kyrie obviously was signing that new deal with Dallas. Like, that's going to keep that from happening for now. But that, to me, is what this screams when we're talking about James Harden. So how we got here is the unagree- the inability to come to an agreement on a contract extension. Remember, James Harden did Philly a favor, more or less, by taking a pay cut last year, the one-in-one deal that gave him the player option this year. And he was eligible for the four years, for the $213 million max. Philly was the only team that could pay him that amount. They opt not to. He gets upset. He opts in. He believes it's his best path to a destination of his choosing. But it feels, at least right now around the NBA, 
Everything is in a holding pattern. Teams that might be interested in James Harden might need to be combined with other teams to make the trade happen. That's the conversation around Damian Lillard, that a third team might need to come into the mix to be able to pull this off. James Harden going somewhere could be the catalyst in all of that. But what will not be part of that, according to the Philadelphia 76ers, posturing that Tyrese Maxey is not at all, no chance in heck, on the (laughs) trading block, Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA insider on the Hoop Collective podcast, had this to say about Tyrese Maxey factoring into the equation. Sixers are wanting to be known is that they are not going to trade Tyrese Maxey. They have made this clear to various people over the recent days. They are also not going to extend his contract. They want you to know that you can't have Tyrese Maxey. Prime Michael Jordan is available. Don't call. 25-year-old LeBron James is available. Lose our number. Jonathan Tenacumpo says, I want to be a sixer. If Tyrese Maxey is the ass, just keep walking. Tyrese Maxey, I have been assured, will not be traded. Okay? Okay, there's some hyperbole in there. Most times, every single player is available if the price is right. And if the insistence on Tyrese Maxey is anything that carries weight, it's because the Philadelphia 76ers see the potential for him taking more of a load in this offense and becoming the player that they see a lot of potential in, a lot of growth in. He's coming off his best season as a pro. He's 22 years old. He averaged nearly you know, 21 points, 3.5 assists, 2.9 rebounds, and he shot 48% from the floor. That's a really good player. That's not somebody that is, oh my gosh, we are closed for business, don't even call, lose our number. But if you move James Harden to get him off your books, to get him out of your hair, because you know keeping him would be a detriment to the team the way that it was in Houston, the way that it was in Brooklyn, then having Tyrese Maxey and not losing that asset on a team that has Joel Embiid in his MVP window, coming off the best season of his career, you can't start losing everybody. So I can understand pulling on the life vest here and saying, Tyrese Maxey, we're holding on to you for dear life. Well, the other part of this, too, by the way, Tyrese Maxey, an excellent birthday. He was born on November 4th, 2000. That's also my gonna birthday. Guess Although, that's your birthday. Yes, it is. But uh, 20 years earlier, unfortunately. <laughs> so, you know, we're on the same path. There are Tyrese Maxey and I. But uh, Tyrese Maxey, part of it is he's 22 years old. So if you are Philly and you want to kind of maybe think that he's your next guy that you want to build around because if Embiid's not happy, you have him. That's the other reason you might not want to move on from Tyrese Maxey because say you move Tyrese Maxey and then Joel Embiid is not happy, then what do you have? A bunch of draft picks and that's it. And you could have kept a guy who believe could be someone who could be an all-star level player potentially as early as this coming year because that trajectory has been really, really good for him. I'll be very curious to see what he looks like this year. And if James Harden is no longer around, one would think that would also mean more shots for Tyrese Maxey, more opportunities to have the ball in his hand, and he can be more ball dominant. I would like that a lot, I think, if I'm the Sixers. Yet another reason to move on, Courtney, from James Harden. Sure. And Tyrese Maxey has yet to hit his ceiling. He has yet to show that he's anywhere close to it because when you are playing with such an on-ball dominant player like James Harden, that's going to limit what he does in this offense. I floated this idea to ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby Marks that maybe that's the role Tyrese Maxey could assume if Harden ends up leaving. Now, an upgrade to that spot would end up being Damian Lillard. 
Of course, his name has been floated in all of this, namely because we expect the trade for Damian Lillard, a player of his caliber, what Woj is reporting, the the Portland Trailblazers want, a, quote, star package for Damian Lillard. That's going to require more than just the Miami Heat and the Portland Trailblazers getting involved. If Philly is able to somehow enter the chat here more strongly and say, we will trade James Harden to the Clippers. We will end up moving Tyrese Maxey. We know he said we wouldn't, but desperate times called for desperate measures. And you can get Damian Lillard to Philadelphia, get a bunch of expiring contracts, and and give the space to the Los Angeles for the Los Angeles Clippers to assume James Harden's contract. Maybe they take on Jeremy Grant's albatross of a deal that he has yet to sign. By the way, that happens Thursday this week. That's the earliest he can sign it. There's a lot of moving parts here that could net the Philadelphia 76ers in their window to win with Joel Embiid that could net them James Harden out and Damian Lillard in. But Keith Pompey, who covers the 76ers for the Philadelphia Inquirer, said he doesn't see the Sixers actually getting in on Damian Lillard. He's going to find his way to Miami, and no one's out there is going to give that. When you look at Tyler Hero, He's probably the best asset that, that's out there. You also look at the other things that Miami can offer. The Sixers don't have any draft picks. They got one in a first one in, in 2030. Uh, but outside of that, they don't have enough to go in there. And I don't think they have enough to be the third team involved, right? So right. I think that 76ers are out of it. Okay, so that's one school of thought. If the 76ers are out of it, what does that mean for Joel Embiid? He's coming off the best season of his career. You'd like to think he wants to win right now. He, he would want to win right now, but here's the thing. If you are Joel Embiid also, you're thinking a little bit about the future too. And trading for Dame, uh, you're mortgaging a lot because you're probably also mortgaging picks, even if James Harden's involved. And I'm sorry, you have Dame, you have Harden. That's nice. Who else is playing on that team if you trade Iris Maxey as part of that too? Like, all of a sudden, you create kind of the Phoenix problem from last season, which is that's great. You have these two or three great players, but then if one of them gets hurt, you're done. Like, congratulations, you get your door prize on the way out of another non-title season or a non-conference final season. You have to have a little bit more depth and have to have that balance of young and old. And trading for Damian Lillard, to me, would just be a little bit too much for the Sixers trending toward old and and not having enough to back up for the future. I, I just don't know if I would do that if I were Daryl Morey. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein here on Canty and Carlin ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, the rumored team for James Harden in all of this, the team that's popped up in the conversation most loudly, is the Los Angeles Clippers. How would they pull that off? Would Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have to stay with the Clippers in order for that to happen? Let's hit up the CC call-in line, tap in with Om Young Mashuk, ESPN NBA reporter, and let's start with your reaction to the news that came out Saturday. It felt like it's about time, Dame, but was it too late for both Portland and for Damian Lillard to come to this realization that he wants out of there, Om? I don't think it's too late. I mean, obviously he wants to get to Miami, and Miami was waiting on this to happen, so I think it's just a matter of finding the price that Portland wants and um, maybe whether or not that's bringing in a third team or likely to bring in a third team uh, to satisfy that. Um, Miami has always typically found a way to get guys like this, and if Dame is so intent on getting on his way to Miami, 
eventually you got to think it's going to happen. So he's not going to stay in Portland, uh, that's for sure. So, I mean, I, I think also, like, you know, it, it benefits a team like the Clippers and other teams to certainly check in with Portland and see if there's anything they can do to get Dame. Um, obviously because there's, you know, people, people have been waiting for a guy like Dame to come available for a long, long time. And I know as much as Dame's side wants him to end up in Miami – you know, a team like the Clippers certainly will will check the temperature and see if there's anything they they could offer Portland to try and land a guy like that too. Oh, and another player that maybe the Clippers are taking the temperature on would be James Harden. And I guess my question would be why. Well, the only way they see their ability to upgrade the roster to a champ to keep at a championship level, and let's be real, the championship window is rapidly shrinking around Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, especially because they just have not been available, is to add a third star like James Harden. Chemistry-wise, there certainly are a lot of question marks because James Harden, he's been great in, in the honeymoon situations, like you know the honeymoon portion when he's with the team. But then if there's something that he doesn't like or something that's off to him or he's just ready to move on, he will check out mentally. He did it to the Nets, and it can even happen to a close friend like Kevin Durant. He did it to the Rockets, and he certainly appears to be trying to do it to the Philadelphia 76ers. And when you try to add him into a locker room where their two stars are nice guys but also don't say a lot, they're not vocal leaders, um, there's certainly potential for it to not mix well. And so, you know, if James Harden comes here – and he's certainly busting his butt early on, but Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are not always available. I don't know how, how James Harden could react to that. So uh, there's certainly question marks there, but it's a risk worth taking for the Clippers because this would be a significant upgrade for them to have a guy that can average 10 assists or more per game, a guy who certainly can still score a lot of points and also demands respect from a defense and could potentially make life easier for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the floor, it's something you have to look into, especially if you don't have to give up a ton to get him. So the whole plan has always been to maximize around Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And so if you can add James Harden to the mix, I think it's a risk worth taking. Okay, so you mentioned that it would be building around Paul George. You mentioned Kawhi Leonard in there too. So there's no way in your mind, Ohm, that the Clippers would give up Paul George in any sort of trade that would bring either James Harden or Damian Lillard there. I, I would never say never, but I don't. I don't see that right now. Uh, all signs and indications from the Clippers have been that you know, even though there were all these like trade rumors swirling around Paul George, and certainly I think the Clippers were 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 just doing their due diligence and listening beforehand. But you know, all all indications are that they are trying to add around Paul George and Kawhi Leonard not trade Paul George in a deal for another star such as James Harden. Okay, and so on, on that note, I know you you mentioned something about they would not do it if the price was too high, that they think the price could actually be reasonable. That's kind of counter to what we've heard and the idea that maybe they could try to get a, a package of you know four or five first-round picks, some players, some expiring contracts, that Portland wants a haul. From the from the Clippers' perspective, what would they have to give up that would satisfy Portland or 
the Philadelphia 76ers both ways. I know you are getting two very different players, and we are talking two very different trades, but what are the assets that the Los Angeles Clippers are willing to part with to make either of these trades happen? I mean, let's be real. Like Portland and Philadelphia are certainly going to try and get packages that are better than what the Clippers can offer. But what what you have to figure out is what exactly is the market for James Harden and what are the teams trying to offer for a guy that, you know, basically he's moved, he's been bouncing around from team to team now. He's starting to get up there a little bit in age. He wants a new contract. So that's where I think maybe the Clippers are hoping that, you know, basically the market would just be them. Now, we still have to see if Philadelphia's even going to do this because um, Philadelphia has a big decision to make of what they're going to do and how they're going to build around James, I mean, uh, Joel Embiid. But the thing is, like, the Clippers would be offering, in the James Harden case, they obviously got a bunch of veterans on on expiring contracts, like a Marcus Morris, um, Nick Batum, Robert Covington. They would have a first-round pick to play with, maybe a young center like Ibiza Zubat. They do have a Terrence Mann and Brandon Boston, young prospects that I think teams do find attractive. But the Clippers, I think, would ultimately like to hang on to a Terrence Mann unless it were like in a deal for maybe like Damian Lillard. Now, I'm not saying like Terrence Mann is this guy that's going to, you know, be the guy that gets Damian Lillard or anything like that. But it certainly would be a sweetener for the Clippers. In order to probably get Lillard, maybe the, the Clippers might have to – it would probably maybe have to be a three-team trade that could sweeten the deal or something like that. But these are the type of things that the Clippers would be offering. And certainly I think you – as you could see, maybe the Clippers are what would probably have to hope. Like James Harden really wants to come play for the Clippers or Damian Lillard, and the teams are going to basically try to accommodate them and see what they can do to make that work. I think that's kind of where we're at with the Clippers. Um, they just don't have a lot else to offer outside of that. Um, you were talking a little bit about James Harden there before, and you did mention, obviously, building around Joel Embiid. And I just want to quickly look at the Sixers in that. I mean, because you've been around teams with stars before. If they move Harden, don't they run the risk of maybe angering Embiid enough to where he might want to trade and then you're left with nothing like that? That's like the you know, kind of break glass concern here with making these types of deals, isn't it? Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, if, jo- if James Harden does not want to be there, I think Joel Embiid doesn't want to force James Harden to stay and then play with someone who doesn't want to be there. I think he went through that with Ben Simmons. So, you know, I think Joel Embiid obviously wants to compete for a championship. And if you're the reigning MVP, you don't want to play for anything else other than a championship. But the circumstance is the circumstance. And so certainly the Sixers do risk you know, if Joel Embiid's not happy, perhaps he tries to move on later down the road. I don't know. I mean, I think we're going to have to see how this all plays out. He also has a new head coach. So there's a lot of change going on in Philadelphia. But at the same time, Daryl Morey, if he doesn't want to trade James Harden, it's going to have to convince James Harden to stay. And if he does stay, and even if he just says, we're going to you know, call your bluff and we're just going to make you stay anyways, then what happens from there is, James Harden is going to be unhappy. He's not going to want to play. I mean, we kind of saw that play out in Brooklyn, and it wasn't. It didn't go well. So that's, these are all the things you have to factor in. Most of the time, you just don't want an unhappy star to be around on your team because they can just make life even more miserable for everybody else, 
especially at Joel Embiid. Yeah, a disgruntled James Harden yields trips with Lil Baby in the offseason instead of reporting for training camp or the miraculous hamstring injury that just popped up at the right time when he wanted out of Brooklyn and ended up getting his way to Philadelphia. Oh, and we appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, thanks, guys. That's ESPN NBA reporter Ohm Young-Mashuk joining us here on Canty and Carlin. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, boat, RV, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So you heard my list earlier on Canny and Carlin. The top five worst teams in the NFL. You're going to hear Mike Rothstein's list coming up next. And we want your reaction on the CC call in line. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Is there a team we're missing? Let us know. Coming up next here, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Canty and Carlin, the podcast from the top five NFL quarterbacks. So badly want to bring Super Bowl here to Buffalo. Herbert rolling right, throws, touchdown! To the top five NFL fan bases. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank'em, the top five worst teams. 
22 days until all teams have their veterans report. 66 days until the start of the NFL season. Super Bowls in 223 days. But who's counting? It's Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein with you on this Monday afternoon. You heard big voice guy there talk about the top five worst fan bases in the NFL. So those of us who are excited about the NFL season, that's one thing. If you have one of your teams on this list, you're probably not looking all that forward to 2023. Mike, the floor is yours. Where are we starting? Number five. Well, we're going to start in the place that is the newest place that has an NFL team, and that is Las Vegas. I know we talked about it during your top five list or bottom five list, which just to recap, you had the Rams at five, the Falcons at four, the Texans at three, the Raiders at two, and the Cardinals at one. I'm not that low on the Raiders where you have them at two. But I'm not sold on Josh McDaniels as a coach. Sorry, cannot get there. Saw the disaster in Denver. Saw what it looked like last year when, frankly, it looked like it might even be a one and done. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has to stay healthy. And when has that ever happened? Like, this is just not a good team. Patriots coaches don't work out. And this feels like it's headed that way again. It's just that simple. Number four. Well... Number four, if you heard earlier in the show, you know my feelings on Anthony Richardson, and I've said this for months. He needs a lot of work. He needs a lot of development, and he needs to have the right staff there. The Colts have a massive job in front of them to get a guy like Anthony Richardson, who was very inaccurate in college, was about a 55% passer in college, to be an accurate pro quarterback. That's just not going to work for me. I don't love the roster around him. Their offensive line really struggled last year. Jonathan Taylor has to have a rebound year for them to be any good. I'm not sold that Anthony Richardson's going to be good in the NFL. I'm not close to sold at it, and it's certainly not going to be this year. This is going to be a growing pains type of year for the Colts. Really, really bad in a bad division. So they're number four. Number three. Well, I cover the NFC South. And there had to be an NFC South team here because the NFC South is the second worst division in the NFL besides the AFC South. And the team that strikes me as the worst team in the NFC South, and it might not be close, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, they have Baker Mayfield at quarterback, but when's the last time other than one game with the Rams that Baker Mayfield has been really good as a quarterback? It just hasn't happened. They have Mike Evans. They have Chris Godwin. Sorry, other than that, they don't have a lot. Their defense is getting old and getting old fast. They're in clear rebuild mode as much as you can be in the NFL after the Tom Brady era. They got their Super Bowl with Tom Brady. That's it. This team's going to be bad, bad, bad. They're aiming to try and get their next quarterback in a class that might have Caleb Williams, that might have Drake May. Like That's who they want to go and get, one of those two guys. And You have to be real bad to do it. They're going to be awful this year. Number two. Well, <laughs> Arizona's a mess. Poor Jonathan Gannon. He took this job. He's getting his head coaching opportunity, and he's walking into a nightmare. They obviously moved on from DeAndre Hopkins because they had to move on from DeAndre Hopkins. Kyler Murray is uh, hurt. And who do they have on that team? Like, that team is just really, really just troublesome to me on so many levels. They should be the worst team in the NFL. The only reason that they're not the worst team on this list is, frankly, the team that is number one, they're just so young, but they have potential. The Cardinals have no potential right now. They are a disaster. Number one. My number one team is the Houston Texans, and it's largely because they are so young. I love C.J. Stroud. I think he's going to be quite good. I love what they did in the draft with Will Anderson. He's maybe the safest player in the draft. 
But this team's a year or two years away. They're at the start of a build, and frankly, they kind of remind me a little bit of the Detroit Lions a few years ago, where in back-to-back years, they got Matthew Stafford, they got Indomitian Sue, and that helped build a core that, frankly, had they done a little bit better elsewhere, would have been a core that should have been much more successful because they also had Calvin Johnson. This is a team that's two years away. If I'm them, I want to have the two or three pick because you can trade that for a haul because you don't need a quarterback. So right now, they're the worst team and the worst roster in the league, but they at least have potential other than, you know, two, three, and and five on this list. You know what's interesting about the Houston Texans? And by the way, here's Mike's list. From five to one, Raiders, Colts, Bucks, Cardinals, Texans. We had all but two teams that were not on either list, that did not overlap. You had the Colts and the Bucks. I had the Falcons and the Rams, but... We both had the Texans. I had them at three. You have them at one. Potato, potato. It's amazing to me. And I know money talks. But for a team that we both view as at least two, if not three years away from actually competing in their own division, they still added quite a few receiving options to make C.J. Stroud's job, in theory, easier as a rookie. Robert Woods, Dalton Schultz, Noah Brown. In the backfield, they have Mike Boone. You know, reliable backup, Devin Singletary. And then they got Jimmy Ward, who was one of the better better veteran sa- better veteran safeties out there. They got him back. So I, I just don't understand how a team like this, I mean, D'Amico Ryans must be a hell of a sell and a great salesman to paint his vision. He's got a six-year contract, so clearly they view him as the person who can actually get this team back to where it was what, four years ago when they were in the AFC championship game with the carry the divisional playoffs with the Kansas City Chiefs and ended up being up at halftime and then losing? That's a long way to go to get back to that version. Whole new, new team, but still able to attract some pretty pretty good free agents. Not elite ones, but ones that fall into that good category. Right, but the thing you mentioned with the six-year deal with D'Amico Ryan's that's a key, too, because when a, when a head coach and, a, and or a general manager gets a six-year deal, that is a sign from a franchise that they know it's going to take a while. So really, year one and almost year two, unless it's an abject failure, and by failure I mean 0-17 failure, they understand it's going to take time. It's very clear D'Amico Ryans is going to get that type of time, especially because the Texans have been atrocious in terms of what they've been doing to head coaches. Remember, this is their third coach in three years. And they needed needed to give him stability, and that's part of the six-year deal, too. If you're D'Amico Ryans and you had options, why would you go to Houston unless you had that type of contract after how they treated David Coley and how they treated Lovey Smith? You just can't do it. 4-12 in 2020, 4-13 in 21. Last year, 3-13-1. The Houston Texans at the basement of the NFL for a couple years now. We both think that they end up staying there in the basement, but at least maybe they can start getting closer to getting out of the pit of the NFL with a good draft that they had this year. And it sets them up for what they can do next year with the draft capital that they still have at their disposal. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. How'd we do? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We'll take your calls coming up next, plus... Chicago Sky head coach James Wade stepped down to join the Toronto Raptors as an assistant. Going to tell you a little bit more about the move and why it is so significant. Coming up next here, ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. 
your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money. The smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. Slow time in the sports calendar, but there's a lot of baseball on. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app is always presented by Progressive Insurance. Courtney Cronin, Mike Rothstein, sitting in for the guys, trying to help you win some money. Eric Hanman on board back in Bristol. You got a good play for us tonight? I think I have a great play for oh, you tonight. great one. That's I feel awesome. It's so good, good about this one, which means you probably should play the exact opposite <laughs> of all four of these because we're going to baseball, as you mentioned, slow in the sports calendar. I think it's still fast because we got a bunch of, of baseball games. And so I'm going to go first. To Joe Ryan pitching against the Kansas City Royals tonight, I'm going to take the under two and a half earned runs. He has 11 starts this season, under two and a half earned, including one against Kansas City back in April. So Joe Ryan under two and a half earned runs. Domingo Herman, his first start since his perfect game. Mm-hmm. I'm going under five and a half strikeouts. If you remember, he got shelled in his previous two starts. That number is at five and a half, and his previous nine starts. Before that perfect game where he had nine strikeouts, he only had over five and a half strikeouts once. So I'm taking under Domingo Herman five and a half strikeouts. This is the one I love. If you're going to play one of these singly, Blake Snell is on an absolute tear. Four straight games of double-digit strikeouts. The number's at seven and a half. I'm hammering the over with Blake Snell strikeouts. And then last but not least, shout out to Rob Kelly, who was on-site producer last night, Sunday Night Baseball, right here on ESPN Radio. Uh, in New York, in Queens, Mets, Giants. He said, pick the Mariners tomorrow because the Giants are flying back west, and so I'm going to pick the Mariners on the money line to beat the Giants. That pays out at plus 1100 Okay. You put $100 on that, you make 1000 Okay? You could use all of that money to buy all of the hot dogs exactly. that you're going to eat competitively on the 4th of July. 
So just to recap, Joe Ryan under two and a half earned runs, Domingo Herman under five and a half strikeouts, Blake Snell over seven and a half strikeouts, and the Mariners on the money money line to beat the Giants. What's crazy? Man. You mentioned that thing about Herman, like the outing before the A's game. What did he give up? Like eleven runs? Wasn't something, something crazy like, like that? that? Yeah, it was bad. Eric, no over under on Joey Chestnut, man. I thought you'd give it to me. I was looking for it on Caesar Sportsbook. Can you bet? I assume it's a sport. You can bet it, right? Yeah, I think so. We'll have to find it for tomorrow. All right. Well, the record is 76. He says he's aiming to beat it because who goes in and says, I'm aiming to tie or just try my best. But 76 hot dogs, I I don't even want to know like what people would be betting on that. You've, you can get outside and uh, do something if you're betting on the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Go read a book. But we also wow. you can tune in to Major League Baseball action <laughs> on Independence Day. We would love for you to do that. Guardians hosting the Braves. Coverage beginning 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... Three and out. One of the weirder exits happened a couple days ago in the WNBA. James Wade, who was the head coach of the world champion Chicago Sky, they won a title two years ago, decided that he wanted to, quote, further myself as a coach by abruptly leaving the Chicago Sky to take a place on the bench of the Toronto Raptors this according to Annie Costable of the Chicago Sun-Times. This is weird, Mike. Not just like the timing of it, but for somebody to build a championship. Yes, they lost a lot of players and there's been attrition. But then just to leave the way that he did, and it kind of makes it sound like, well, I can't become a better coach working through a rebuild, coaching in the WNBA. I have to go do that in the NBA. It kind of feels like a cop-out. I, I don't know, but here's the thing. I don't know if he totally meant it like that. Say his goal is, okay, I did really well in the WNBA. Now I want to become an NBA head coach. That that would be unprecedented for him to get hired in the NBA. So if that's your goal and you can become an assistant there and maybe become an NBA head coach in a year, two years, as you've shown you can be a head coach on the WNBA level, I, I get it from that perspective. But, yeah, to leave midseason – Ah, that I don't like. That just leaves a poor taste because if you're trying to prove that to potential employers after, that's a bad sign. Yeah, and it's not even halfway through the season. They're 8-9 and nine right now. The construction efforts of this team stopped. So, I don't know. I just find it a little bit strange where somebody's been all in, gung-ho, the WNBA is where it's at a champion for the game and then all of a sudden bolting to the NBA the first chance you have it kind of doesn't it speaks to maybe you know some of the facade there of what people really feel about the WNBA which I don't like you know things aren't just better in the men's game because that's where the resources are there's a lot of talent in the WNBA and you're a head coach being a head coach at any level is incredibly difficult but he decided he didn't want to do that anymore. Will he be a head coach in the NBA? I don't know. Right now he's a Toronto Raptors bench coach. Their season does not start for a couple months, though. Sky currently in the thick of it, 8-9 and nine on the season. Interesting one here. I don't know much about this, so I'm going to defer to you. Storm Hunter, a Australian tennis player, 
changed her name. She is no longer a Sanders. What can you tell me about this well, she got married. development? She got married. That's why. I just love the name Stormhunter. I was watching Wimbledon today, and I saw the, the bracket come up, the draw, and I saw Stormhunter, and I immediately needed to know what that was about. So I Googled her. She's a 28-year-old Australian, and that is her name, Stormhunter. I just loved the name and immediately was like, let's do it. Like, I, Also because I live in Atlanta, and storms are just a daily occurrence. So I would like to have a Stormhunter eliminate the storms. Do you think when she met her husband and found out his last name, she's like, I am absolutely making this work no matter what? I don't know. I don't know how that goes, Courtney, whether she would think that or she'd be like, you know, I'm not really feeling this. And then he just won her over with his charm and personality. I don't know. Would I you mean, guys storm hunt real quick? Would you storm hunt? Oh, I've done it before. Did it in Mississippi. Awesome. I mean, no, it, it twi- no, Twister. No, 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 no. None of that. Tornadoes scare me. All right. We're out of here. Joe and Amber coming up next. They're going storm hunting. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Auntie and Carlin, the podcast.